Hey guys, welcome to the episode. I do not have an intro because I just want to get into it. So what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to break down the brand ecosystem. I'm going to go ahead and walk you guys through the different components when it comes down to the most major problems of a business, but then dial in a lot more on the brand ecosystem and how those problems impact the brand and how you can grow it. So this first episode, we're going to go high level on some of the stuff and then I'm going to go ahead and break it down a little bit more because it's important to not just get an idea of what's going on here, but understand how it affects your business every single day. And while I work with my clients and uh, brand strategy for personal brand development, these are some things that I have witnessed over 22 years of helping companies build brands that have really kept them from actually growing um, and becoming something so much bigger. So the very first thing here is that we're gonna go ahead and go over the most major problems. And one of those major problems is the brand strategy itself, or actually the business strategy, which includes uh, the buyer persona. And sometimes you'll see the buyer persona within the, the brand strategy, but really firmly, I believe over the years I've done this is that that buyer persona really belongs in the very foundations of that business. And part of that business strategy includes, you know, the, the vision, you know, you have a lot of common components to this, but there's a lot of other areas where it's so absolutely vital to consider the operations piece of this that's in vital to uh, kind of really consider what you are about. And this is understanding who you are as a business, because we tend to get into business and think, hey, this is the business I'm in, when in reality, you're actually in a different type of business. So it's important to really dial in and figuring out what it is that you do. So for instance, just as an example, building brands for 22 years, I actually came to the terms that, and working with my own consultants, because I also need a set pair of eyes, and the consultants I was working with actually helped me dial in more and figure out is that it's not just about branding that I love, it's the the problem solving on helping people break their limiting beliefs and become more of entrepreneurs, more of who they really are. And so that's where it kind of really all came together for me, really understanding at a, at a foundational level. So getting into it, we're gonna talk about the business strategy, we're gonna get talk about the marketing, recruiting, management, sales, and technology. These are the top components as far as what's really the major core problems of a business that every, because here's the thing, every business has problems. There's a bit, not a single business out there that doesn't have a problem. And so we're going to dive into those problems and really paint the vision that you want for each and every single one of these areas, and then just create a solution and really take you guys to another level. So when it comes down to branding, there's really three types of different types of branding that ultimately matter when you're starting, and that's generational brands, understanding corporate brands, and personal brands. My focus is mostly in personal brands when I work one-on-one -on -one with clients from that other component. That trickles down into maybe me being a fractional CMO, helping them guide them in the right direction on a corporate brand level. And the generational brands, why it's important to mention generational brands is that so many times corporate brands and personal brands look at these iconic brands like Coca-Cola and all these other ones, but one thing that they fail to do is realize is that these brands have been built over generations and the original founders really didn't get to benefit all that much because of it took so many other steps to build something of this magnitude. And, you know, looking back, the company of Coca-Cola, it didn't really hit its 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 peak until 
many, many years later until it actually became something massive. So for us to really drive and make something happen in this market space, to build something in a shorter amount of time, that's gonna take us understanding how to leverage personal brands within the corporate brand. So there is this relationship between them. And there's a system that I developed and it's good if you guys are actually, also if you are listening to the podcast, go ahead and seek out, I'll actually include the link for you guys actually either download the white paper on the brand index that I created. It looks like a flywheel and that's the best way to kind of visually put it together. But then the other thing is that it's important to just get a visual component. That way you can reference back to any of this. So in the brand flywheel is this whole ecosystem of what your company is really made of. And that includes your business, your finance, your operations, your brand strategy, culture, marketing, sales, and than impact and it's important to understand that each one of these silos when we look at traditional business structure we'll call them silos is that each one of these silos has a very particular function when it comes to your brand not just your profitability but your brand because anybody can write a strategy anybody can build a business but what's going to really make it into a brand is understanding these components and how to utilize them and put them together like a puzzle piece. Because one is like a domino that affects the other and it's a web of intercommunicative standards and guidelines. So we're gonna go over every single one of those because a business for me ultimately as a brand starts with knowing the business you're in and knowing your buyer and understanding what it is you're going to do that's gonna best serve them. And then you have your finance part of your brand, which includes really understanding the balance between you know where you need to allocate your funds because so many people focus on just front-loading marketing. And then I've seen it time and time again, many companies will try to like, let me just build a brand and their brand has been around for less than a year. It takes time to build brand because brand is reputation. Brand is a passive lead generator. And that comes down to how much trust have you built? Now, can you build a brand quickly? Yes, but there are pitfalls to that. Uh, and we'll get more into that later as we dive in. So keeping moving forward here is that we've got the operations piece and this is two parts. And when it comes down to a brand, it comes down to the scalability of how you're gonna go ahead and scale that company, how you're gonna position yourself to become a market leader. Because my thing with expectations is that when we have when we have expectations between two people and outside of business is that when we expect something of somebody else and we haven't communicated that, that is an un unfair one-sided contract because then we are left quote unquote disappointed because we put our own standards and guidelines on them. In a business, it comes down to setting the standard. This is our standard of quality. This is the standard of quality that we're going to put out as a business and in our product. And then, so that gets referenced back to just, uh, you know, it actually really, really kind of includes the business, finance, and operations piece of this one. Going back just a little bit, I know I'm jumping here, but this is so very valuable to mention is that when we're talking about the business foundation, leadership, 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 leadership. In a personal brand, you are a leader. You are a thought leader. You are an independent leader. And regardless if you're in a doing this within a business it's so very important to really focus on that too and i'll have a whole separate podcast that talks about how to position yourself in a personal brand and 
we'll get into that another time because that goes down a rabbit hole and a whole other spectrum of the other area that I really focus in. But it's important to start here that we understand what these, these components are and the problems. Jumping back to right after operations, we have brand strategy. Now, your brand, like your website, is it's your brand is ever-evolving. It's growing. It should have a personality of its own. But ultimately, your brand strategy is answering this one question. How do I make the best experience possible by stimulating every sense that a human being has? Sight, smell, sound, all of them. And then how do I craft that and build a brand guideline which makes sure that the business foundations are right, finances are being allocated correctly, operations is creating the, the little things, those little touch points of experience. And that strategy also bleeds into how does the culture run? How is the marketing? How is the sales? It's those interactions of creating this. This is why I love, this is why I really, really love the theme parks. I love theme parks because they have done such a great job on just crafting an experience. The ones that you go to were like, meh, you know, I went once, I'm good. Those are the ones that didn't really hit the mark. But then you have the other ones that understand that it's about immersiveness. And, and that immersiveness just starts creating more because that relationship between the brand strategy and operations is where you start also building brand loyalty and and that brand loyalty transfers into the outside culture the se the secondary culture and that other silo that we are mentioning now is culture because you have two areas of this is that you have a culture inside your organization and I have a rule is that if you do not focus on building your culture your culture will build itself into something else like that, that thing you took home from the restaurant that has now created and grown to something else, your culture will grow into something else and usually it's not good. Uh, unless there's someone within your organization that actually serves as another marker point for leadership that can help guide it in the right direction. And then a lot of companies, when they try to build culture, they're trying to build it based upon things rather than values. And you'll notice that I didn't mention HR in any of this. Because I think HR, we'll talk about HR in a minute, but culture is so valuable because if you can get people that actually really believe and are united under the same value system, not for the fact that they have the same interests in life, but they have the same value system, then that value system represents the company, represents the character and the brand that you built, not the brand of the CEO, but the brand of, and that's when we talk about the, the brand of a business, is that when we're talking now and personal brand, the people that you hire on your personal brand team are even more so dialed in on that value system is that they believe what you believe and they're going to go ahead and follow you because they they know what you've got going on here. And they, they have teamed up with you because uh, for us to also understand our buyers, we also understand the people that we hire in the organization. And then the other secondary part of culture is the the external culture and Supreme was great at doing this. But a lot of people don't realize that the Supreme took many years to get off the ground uh, to, to build up to that point to where they were sold for $2 billion to Louis. But outside culture is that subculture, the people that really follow your brand. Now, the thing is, is that a lot of companies and, and people 
even in thought leadership and personal brand strategy is that you don't need two million people being part of your deep rooted culture system outside because that cult following is good to a certain extent in business it helps helps drive value of certain things but it can also be volatile just like you see uh the value because brand equity is never established by the organization it can be guided influenced manipulated in the external culture but it is typically uncontrollable and that's a variable that we'll get into another time too as we dive into the culture model Culture is so very important as a driving force for your for your brand ecosystem. And then we get into the marketing and the sales component because this is a major area too where uh, companies really, when we go back to the finance, finance really needs to determine for the short-term play and the long-term play is that the funds that you're allocating right now go towards your marketing that drive the, the revenue to come in immediately and then your long-term play is your brand. And it's important to understand that there's a balance between the two. And I'll go ahead and put a link in the in the, the bio here for the podcast and actually the video. That way you guys can actually download the formula that I developed that helps you understand where to allocate. Because if you're in year one, it's going to be different from where you're at in year five. But you also have to be completely honest of where you're at because... Even if you're year five, you might be stuck. You might have a financial plateau and you really need to, instead of focusing on a brand, you need to drive sales. If you're going to close your doors, you need to drive sales. You need to drive marketing and sales together. They are a married couple. And this is what a lot of companies understand is that there's two conversion points. Marketing is one conversion point. Sales is a second conversion point. And the first conversion point for your marketing is to sell the problem, to talk about the problem, much like I'm doing here. And so we want to talk about the problems that actually people are facing. That way they understand that because sometimes we don't really know the problems we have until someone says, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Oh, crap. We need to think, we need to think about that. Let, let me call my guys. Let's, let's, let's work on the team together to, to solve this problem. So marketing sells that problem to get that lead to pull people in. And then sales is finding an idea and a solution to close that deal. That's a second conversion point. So many times I've seen it is that businesses will blame marketing for them not growing. Oh, my marketing sucks. It's not working. And then they become uh, agency hoppers and they jump from agency to agency to agency because they said that the marketing didn't work. Well, did the sales convert? It's not black and white. And this is one major area where this, this, this communication between sales and marketing can be resolved with a proper brand strategy on understanding how to handle in the operations piece of this from marketing through the ghost silo into sales and then you measure for impact and then you have a follow-up which also includes your operations piece, your automation of this that goes back to your marketing. You see how they're all syncing together and this might be a little difficult to visualize via the podcast but you can definitely download the white papers for all of this stuff on my website, link below. And then after we've done this, we measure the impact. I'm a big advocate of not chasing data. Data is important. You need to understand where you're at, but you also need to understand that you need to have a system or somebody in place where you can actually have a measuring stick. Tony Robbins talks about this all the time, where you need to be able to measure your progress and find out, hey, this is good. And we're moving so fast in, in, in business and society is that 
waiting three months, six months, or expecting something to happen within three months is really unrealistic, like your search engine optimization. And SEO is not free. There, there's no such thing as free organic to really drive. So you have to understand the data, but you also have to be ready to pivot. You have to be ready to make moves and jump in different directions. And in this, we're going to go ahead and dive deep in all this stuff. And let me check that time right now. We're, we're at a good time right now, but let's go ahead and talk about business strategy. And then I'm going to go ahead and break this up and we're going to go ahead and we'll come back where all the other episodes and all the other podcasts, because let's go ahead and wrap up with business strategy. I want to get you the most amount of value, especially if you're listening to this in the car before you even get to work in the office, that way you're jazzed up, ready to rock, and just ready to crush it as your own personal brand to go. So business strategy. Business strategy is a large component of where companies have fallen short just because you know lack of system and processes, lack of direction and vision. And I'm going to work to try to cater this to both areas, mostly in personal brand development, brand strategy, and in breaking those limiting beliefs, but also... I'm going to link it to, like I said before, leveraging the personal brand to corporate is vital. So it's under best to understand how they both work together. So recapping really quick and moving on to the rest is that one, system and processes. Two, lack of direction and vision. Three, competition. Four, adaptability. Five is growth beyond founders. Six is balancing quality and growth. And then the last one is seeking external help. Getting into this, the system and processes is that it's an issue that come from inadequate and outdated SOPs. You know, we there's a client we were working with one time at the agency that I'm with, and we kept talking about the the client kept talking about SOPs, standard operating procedures, because they were they were veterans, military based, and so they understood the necessity for this to make sure that it runs, and so systems and processes are so vital to understand like your step one, two, three, and four. Because when you can create that structure, you've created a, a way that makes it more seamless for your audience to actually integrate and communicate and experience your brand, which helps build brand loyalty. And it's also if that if you have a process in place for your own personal brand is that go here, do this, this is the expectation. So what you're doing is you're eliminating any miscommunication and anything that's gonna like kind of expectations is the biggest thing I'm trying to say here is that you set this the tone for expectations. So the next thing is lack of direction and vision. And this is so very important because I really wanna focus on personal brand strategy in this component here because if you don't know where you're going, this is where you feel stuck. This is where you feel lost. This is where you're sitting there after your forties or fifties and saying, What am I doing? Where am I going? You know, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know what? I have so much knowledge. I've got 22 years of knowledge in brand strategy. What am I going to do? What was I really, really want to do is like, I could do this, 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 and this. And then you go all over the place. It's so important to understand where you're going. And I was listening to Rob Deerdeck one day. And listening to Rob Deerdeck, he talked about a book that he read, which is actually sitting right behind me. And it talks about starting with the end in mind. And my mentor said to me, he says, just live life by your eulogy. What do you want people to say about you when it's your time to go? It's important to understand where we really want to go and get a clear and find clarity within that. And there's so many ways to find clarity because when we feel lost or stuck, it's because really typically one of three things is one, we haven't taken full ownership of who we are. 
We are not living completely authentically. The second thing here is that we're living in the past. And we're thinking about all the glory days. And like, that was my prime. No, that wasn't your prime. You have a chance to make your prime. So don't get caught there. And then we're looking so much into the future where we sit there and just worry and concern and be like, oh my God, I'm worried about this, which actually keeps you from a state of actually getting anything done. This is, this is why vision and direction is so important because it impacts your entire well-being. Because mental health, mental health is not, is not the thing. Mental health is a byproduct of the mental fitness you're putting in. This is vital within yourself. This is vital within your team. And if you run a business, this is vital with you running your business. The other thing is competition. So competition is, it's important to kind of understand where people are going. But so many times we can get caught up in the competition. And when we focus on competition as competition, we lose sight of who we are and what we bring to the table. And as a personal brand, it's important to understand that your competition isn't really a competition because you're not going to want to work with everybody. Your competition is going to work with clients that might not want to work with you. And that's okay. This is why I have no problem helping someone else out because I know that I'm not going to work with some people the same way. And some people are like, just let's go, let's rock it, let's do this. And I can see those people just, and I've seen it. Some of the people I've worked with have just blown up exponentially and I love it. And some of them, some of them have had, we've had some, some troublesome times because of that, that, that thing that they need to break through, but it's okay. I have nothing but compassion because you're not going to have the same working style with everybody. When it comes down to the business, when we're looking at competition, it's important to understand like, hey, we're in the same realm, but that doesn't mean that you're going to deliver the same experience. Experience, experience, experience. And that goes to the brand and how you do that and having the right strategy on how to handle your competition. Because we just think of competition, it's important to have a checklist is like, I need to compare this, this, and this. And do not compete where you do not win. For instance, if you cannot compete in price, don't even bring up price. Don't even bring up that subject matter. And so the other thing here is adaptability. Adaptability is huge because you've heard it time and time again is that some companies will be like, hey, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we're always going to do it. You know what? This is what this is. Or, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't want to work with new technology. Ah, the industry's doing this. Quit your bitching and adapt. And if you have trouble doing that, I'm jumping ahead on this one, but growth beyond founders. So this is important to note too from a business and from a, a, a corporate brand, small business, is that your inability to adapt to new ways, new systems and processes, but also there's a lot of things that I've seen many, many times over the years is that, and we see this when a company goes public, when, it, when there's a new IPO and the board has now replaced the CEO with somebody else that could take that company from 20 million to 200 million, just because they have that experience to do that. It's important to surround yourself. And if you've read any mindset book out there or listened to any of this audio, you've heard this before from other experts is that it's important to get other people that know more than you, that know more than you in certain areas. That doesn't mean that they're better than you. That's just the ego talking. And the ego is going to destroy you in this area. And the ego also destroys you in your lack of adaptability. We see this in situations where even at the base, at the core, when a company starts and they want a logo, 
they romanticize the logo. They just want to fall in love with it, and it's what they love. Your logo has two jobs. Be recognizable, and two, make you money. That's it. It's for your market. It's not for you. It is not for you. It's one of those where you want to show people growth, evolution. And the reason why becoming adaptable and growing beyond the founders is that this growth that you're doing is actually telling your audience, it's like, hey, you know what? We're evolving. We're growing. And as we grow, we have more to give you. That's what you're really saying on the psychological level here and the subconscious level. And when we do this, then we can resolve the other problem, which is balancing quality and growth. And it's important because in other countries, and you know, I use Japan loosely as a model because of their financial economic model uh, has some faults <laughs> over the, like, the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s. And so it's important to look at a business is that in the U.S. we actually look at business growth as, as a short-term three years. And there's a long-term business strategy five years. And that's for new businesses that have started up over the last several years. But in other countries such like Japan, a short business model is 10 years. There's what I'm really getting at here is that this lack of patience, this complete lack of patience of trying to build something over time, and that lack of patience comes down to one, your anxiety of how to handle the situation as a leader. And this is, you're going to hear leadership come up quite a bit. And when we can actually look at this, it's like, hey, you know what? We want to grow at this rate because that's going to help us stay ahead. That's going to help us take care of our employees financially it's going to allow us to grow but we cannot sacrifice quality if your focus is on quality we've heard it before is that when a business grows too fast we now risk many other components when it grows too fast your operations get sacrificed and your experience with your customers get sacrificed because they're like you know i i you know i was i wanted to get behind this brand but you know i didn't really have the best experience that can destroy an organization that can destroy so much. Just like me, going out and helping other thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives one-on-one, -on -one, it is not beneficial to any of us if I take on 50 new clients. So there's a waiting list. There has to be a component to where I need to give the best amount of quality and help them throughout that time. And understanding is that it's the value that I'm selling. And I have to position it to where I'm giving people that best quality that they can get one-on-one -on -one or an organization or as a fractional CMO or any capacity, but also because at the end of the day, your brand, your business relies on the opinions of others. It does. Because like I said before, your brand equity is not established by the business. Your brand equity is established by your customer base. They're the ones who determine how much you're worth. There was actually a sales guy that I was working with one day. He says, hey, Jess, you know what? If I go in here and I say, hey, this is the amount of my services, what you're going to do at that moment is going to be like, hey, you know what? This guy is worth it. And you've confirmed the value point that I've set. So if I tell you it's X amount of dollars, and he's like, you know what? He's got the answers. He knows how to get there. You know, because here's the thing, guys. Even as consultants, it's not my job as a sex set of eyes to know everything. It's to help you get the answers you need. And the other thing that that person could say at that moment is like, you know what? Mm, I don't see the value. So then they're setting the tone right there. So it's important to actually 
outline in your buyer persona, in your business strategy is that these are the types of people I need to work with that are absolutely going to say yes because I don't need to sell them. They know the value. They believe in it. They're already there. They're ready to go. They're ready to pull the trigger. And there's another formula for this in the entire brand strategy that we'll get into. And then so the last thing here that I want to talk about is really seeking help. I kind of mentioned that here is that even I have consultants. The course that I've written and developed here, Margaret from, uh, she is actually a professor over at UNF, has been amazing at helping me help write out my course and come up with the outline to determine what's absolutely valuable. So when we put our ego aside and we really get down to the nitty gritty, we get down to the logistics and actually writing out the strategy and the audit and take our emotions out of it, we're able to see things differently. We're able to find new systems and processes by living in the moment because we've alleviated that stress. We found clarity. That clarity now transitions into the lack of direction. So now we have a clear direction and focus. And then we aren't so much concerned with our competition and what they're doing. And then we become more flexible. We become more open-minded to be adaptable. And then we actually say, hey, you know what? I can do more, I can grow beyond this. Let me seek that outside help. Let me figure out a pathway to scale in balancing the, the quality and the growth that we have. And I'm gonna do that because I asked somebody else for their expertise. That is not necessarily just a pitch for me to be in here, but that is absolutely necessary in every organization as thought leaders, as anybody else, is that we are stronger together and we cannot necessarily see everything is clear the whole goal of this in your business strategy is to find a clarity that's going to move you down the second path of getting everything else done. Thank you guys for listening to this. I appreciate each and every one. If you have questions, please reach out to me. Reach out on my social media channels. Go ahead and message me. Let's go ahead and make some stuff happen. I want to see you guys win. There's enough meat on the bone. I want you guys to break your limiting beliefs. Own your power. Step into your authenticity. And you can do that. When you've resolved all these other things, you've got them in place, you write them down, you have a plan, you're not even focusing on it anymore because you put a system in place. That way you can focus on doing what you do best and that is being you. Thank you guys again. This is Justin Bordeaux. I appreciate each and every one of you. This is Bespoke by Bordeaux.